Welcome to the Transforming Leadership Podcast with author and speaker, Dr. Steve Steph. I'm Jim Brangenberg, your host for the day. For more information about Dr. Steph and how the Transforming Leadership team builds effectiveness in leaders, please look online at tleadership.com. That's tleadership.com. Now let's join Dr. Steph in the studio. Hi, I'm Jim Brangenberg with Transforming Leadership, and I'm joined today by Dr. Steve Steph, the founder of Transforming Leadership. Steve, I thought today would be just a good, be good to remind our listeners that we're going through a series right now of Transforming Leadership yep. Proverbs. These are sayings or truisms that you and your Transforming Leadership team have come up with as you have walked alongside leaders over the years. Today's Transforming Leadership Proverb, it's a simple one. It's simple. Always be preparing your replacement. Uh, yeah, that Good seems one. to make sense I, I, enough. I love it. It, yeah. it seems to make sense. Enough. We're probably done, right? Uh, it makes great sense. Most people don't do it. Uh, most people don't understand the implications of it. I think there are some. Uh, well, I think there's some myth attached to that. But if if you're always preparing your replacement, well. In, in transforming leadership, in, in some of the workshops that we lead, for instance, one of the things that we really drive in that workshop is that the number one way for you to increase your value to the organization is through delegation. So, well, I'll repeat that. There's another truism. The number one way for you to increase your value to an organization is through delegation. And the reason for that is when I delegate responsibilities down, Jim, I am increasing the value that my direct report is bringing because he's doing a higher profile job. So, so his, his perform, his delivery just got more important, more valuable. When I, when I delegate, I also free up my time for higher profile jobs. So my time just became more valuable. So delegation it's the number one way for you to increase your value to the organization, not only by increasing the value of the output of your team, but by freeing up time for, uh, for you to have higher profile jobs. The, the, the other component of that is if I'm uh, 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 driving jobs down, if I'm delegating down, uh, then I'm uh, preparing someone to replace me so that when my boss is ready to retire or ready to move on or wins the lottery or whatever that might be, I am now ready and prepared to move into that role. Okay. But what you just said there, just let's deal with this because before we can really move forward, always be preparing our replacement. We have to deal with the root factor of what keeps people from doing this at all. And it's a four letter word. Fear. I think, yeah. I, I, well, I think there's a couple of reasons, but I th- there's no question there's fear. Um, some people fear that if their direct report could replace them, that the leadership or management or whatever you might call it will replace them. Well, that's uh, if that's the case, then then it's a legitimate fear. If that's what you fear, then it's probably a legitimate fear because it means that you're not bringing more value than what they're paying you. My job, uh, I work for my own company. I am pretty adamant that my team and I always bring more value to our clients 
than what we're charging them for. Does that, does that make sense? Sure. It, if I'm bringing more value to my clients than what I'm charging them for, when they have another need, they're not going to hesitate to give us a call and engage us to meet that need because they know they're going to get more than they're paying for. Well, it's the same way in, in other workplaces at, at whatever level. If you're providing more than you're getting paid for, they're not going to replace you. So uh, they, they can't afford to, quite frankly. Doesn't make sense. So always be preparing that successor so that you're ready to move up at any given time. It, it, it does. There, there are so many benefits to that. One is, as I said already, it opens you up for higher profile jobs, higher profile responsibilities. Two is it's increasing the value of that direct report to whom you are uh, delegating jobs. Three is it is clearly communicating value to that direct report that you trust them, that you have confidence in them to perform not only the, the task at their level that they're doing, but you have confidence that, that they're being prepared for something greater in their future. You may not have a timeline on it, but you're, you're communicating confidence in their ability, their bandwidth to do that. Um, and then, all of us in our jobs, I've got, I've got one company right now that has a senior leader leaving and three, that senior leader has three direct reports. That company is having to go outside of the organization to find a replacement because none of those direct reports were capable and competent and prepared to, to do a direct replacement of the senior leader. So do you, so why don't you surmise as to why that didn't happen? Uh, there, there could be a couple of reasons. One might be, and we'll, we'll spend more time on this, but one might be as simple as that senior leader didn't pour into any of them to prepare them. That's, I think, what happens most of the time. And the other might be that that senior leader did not have direct reports that had the potential bandwidth to be a direct replacement. Does so, that does that make sense? It does. So let's let, let's deal with those. I, 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 the potential thing. As leaders, we're supposed to always hire people that are smarter than we are, that have capabilities. They're, they're, they're fill a hole that we leave within an organization. But we're supposed to hire. We're supposed to hire up. But a lot of times, leaders don't do that because they don't want to be intimidated by their direct reports. So that can lead to what you just said that. These people don't even have, they don't even have the skill set to be able to move up. Yeah, I think that happens. And, and yeah, that clearly happens. <clears throat> Pardon me. But I think more often what happens is we just simply end up hiring for the job. We have a job that has to get done. We do the, we look at the resumes, we look at the experience, and we hire to get the job done without the forethought into what's the next step. So, I think no question that there is that intimidation factor for some out there. I will tell you then the organizations with whom we work, I don't really see it too much. I, I see the, the greater issue is that, well, the greatest issue is we just don't spend the time preparing them. But the second greatest issue is we, we hired for the job and then unfortunately they didn't have the bandwidth to grow to the next job. So how often is the excuse, though, they just didn't know how to do it? I think that's huge. I, I, they, didn't, they didn't know how to equip the person for succession. I think that is huge. 
I've got a team that we have a, a group meeting tomorrow, a Zoom meeting, aware of the world today. We have a Zoom meeting tomorrow on a uh, with a mentoring group, as we have a senior leader that's going to start mentoring three of their three of his people, hopefully in preparation for uh, one to replace him or one to replace that senior leader's peers sometime in the in the next year or two. But we need to start equipping them now. Here's what happens, Jim. A leader leaves someone. If we do hire from within, we take someone that is ill-prepared and we put them in that role with the intention of uh, buffing them up or top grading them while they're in the role, in the role, trying to carry the load. Man, that's unfair to the organization. It's unfair to the person that you've moved up. Uh, that that's just that's bad leadership. That's horrible management and bad leadership. Prepare them first and then move them up. So if we're hiring, go, going back to one of our earlier statements, if we're hiring people that have the potential for for moving up, the only thing they are lacking is some either some of those skills or some of that time on the job or or in the industry to prepare them for that. So hire people that have the potential, and then over time they're developed with your with your help. <coughs> pardon me, they're developed for that more senior role, and they're ready to come up and replace you. Well, and what's so important about that is that when you hire when you hire somebody that you think could be your replacement, you're also training them up in the culture of the organization so that when That's they right. do take over, there's not a major cultural shift. In that previous uh, example you gave us where uh, the, the leader had three direct reports, none of which are going to follow in his footsteps, when they go bring somebody in from the outside, there's a highly, high likelihood right. of cultural impact on that organization, isn't there? Great observation. You, you, you have a good guess based on your interviews, based on their history, based on this and that. <clears throat> but there's that cultural integration interviews resumes they are a lot better at communicating skill sets than they are culture and core values and i don't care how um, how proficient you are at values-based interviewing and we we teach a little workshop on values-based interviewing but there's always that unknown you know the the unknown only gets fulfilled the unknown only gets known over time over time so and you're under always pressure. better hiring from within right oh, under time and over pressure when people yeah, are under pressure, then you find out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's so this plus is. Plus you're communicating throughout the organization that, that there's, there's advancement possibilities. That, that's tremendous for the, for the organization. Right. And that doesn't happen yeah. near Sorry, enough. Sorry, I interrupted you. But no, yeah, that's, that's but your show. with that if possible. All right. So this is succession planning. Uh, the, the, the proverb today is always be preparing your replacement. It's right. succession planning. And I, I mean, I guess for, we just need to set this up. Can we give some people ideas on how to plan for succession planning? Because we know we know what happens when you fail to plan. You plan to fail. Yeah. So if we are planning our succession plan, how do we even get started? Let's just say that I'm a leader today. I, I run an organization. I've got three direct reports. And I think that I'm going to move on to a different pasture for whatever reason three to five years from now. How do I get started? Good. Good. Uh, succession planning at, at its at its most at its, its basis level is no more than mentoring. You just start mentoring someone. Uh, 
John Maxwell. You're very familiar with Maxwell's writings. You don't have any books he's written, but you can find them all over Amazon. John Maxwell has a 101 series that's in a college class 101. And one of the Maxwell 101 books is Mentoring 101. It's a little bitty of what I call an airplane read. You know, it's about this thick. You can read it on one airplane ride between Raleigh and Denver. And it's got a great little format, informal format, for starting, for, for doing mentoring. So uh, talk with your coach. Talk with uh, the rest of your leadership or executive team. Read Maxwell or somebody else's books on mentoring and start mentoring. Um, put into put into uh, practice a formal mentoring program so that there is a process so that these people know that they are being groomed for something bigger. There's not a promise there. Don't put a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because you may be setting them up for disappointment and you up for crises, but show them that this is part of the process that to use the term that we use at transforming leadership, make your people bigger. Be invested in making your people bigger because once they're bigger, then they're ready for a bigger job. And I, so let me ask this question. How do you keep it from becoming – so let's just say I'm that leader with the three direct reports and I want to create a succession plan. And one of those three people, I want to mentor all three of them because I don't know which one's going to bubble to the top, which right. one's going to rise to the top. And I don't know what I don't know yet about those three people. How do you keep it? to a level of confidentiality where those people then don't start backbiting and backfighting between themselves Ooh, as they um, start to fight for that. I might not be asking the question right, but I, you don't want it to be creating destructiveness among your three direct reports. It, it, when, you're, when your organization starts to understand that development is a part of our culture, then there's not an expectation of a specific job or a specific role. Uh, our organization constantly develops our people. We are invested in developing our people all the time. And if I develop you out of here, well, that that's just that's the price that I have to pay. You know what? You, you know the old expression. Well, what if we develop our people and we leave? And and the counter to that is, well, what if we don't develop them and they stay? Well, that, that's where most organizations are. So build your culture, build development into the culture of your organization. How's that? It's just part of the culture development is. That's and it. that development and always preparing your replacement, that succession plan. Those are powerful words, Dr. Steph, and ones that, that, that can't be ignored. If you want an organization that succeeds and really gets to the next level, you have to have this as part of your plan, don't you? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. It's essential. All right. Again, that transforming leadership proverb for today, always be preparing your replacement. Good. Make sure that development is part of your culture. Thank you, Dr. Steph. Good. Thanks, Jim. And thanks for tuning in today to the Transforming Leadership Podcast. Check us out online, tleadership.com, tleadership.com. We would love to hear from you. There's a phone number you could call. There's a form you could fill out. We would love to hear from you on how we can help you become a transforming leader. Until next time. And that ends our discussion for today. Thanks for listening to the Transforming Leadership Podcast with author and speaker, Dr. Steve Steff. For more information on how Dr. Steff and the Transforming Leadership team can help you become a more effective leader, please look online at tleadership.com. That's tleadership.com. Until next time, remember, building effectiveness in leaders starts with the transformation of your heart towards your people. <laughs>